Oscar Combs here, and I want to put one rumor to rest, once and for all. The story is that Rafferty's goes all out for sports fans. And let me tell you, it's absolutely true. Confirmed. And fans love Rafferty's right back because the food is so terrific. Serve fresh. Serve fast. Serve friendly. Lunch or dinner. Rafferty's menu is jam-packed with all your favorites. Steaks, prime rib, chicken, ribs, delicious dishes and generous sizes that really satisfy the appetite. So come hang with the sports crowd at Rafferty's. It's the tastiest place in town. I never lost to Penn State. I never lost to North Carolina. I never lost to Florida, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee. Uh, actually, I did lose to Georgia my junior year. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we won in places like the Swamp and in Happy Valley, uh, places like that, that most people don't get a chance to say, hey, I never lost to Joe Paterno. There's something you don't hear about from too many players, and that comes from former University of Kentucky field goal kicker Joe Bryant. This year marks the 40th anniversary of the 1976 Peach Bowl team that Joe was a member of. Led by Coach Fran Kersey, the 1976 Kentucky Wildcats had made a name for themselves by exceeding expectations. Joe talks with Oscar about his two years at Kentucky and some of the highs and lows during his playing days. You're also going to hear stories about former Wildcats, including Derek Ramsey, Dallas Owens, Rod Stewart, and also, too, Sonny Collins. And we're going to find out how backflips had a hand in Joe coming to Kentucky. One of the most memorable teams in Kentucky football history, the 1976 Peach Bowl team. And you're going to relive those memories with Oscar Combs and the Tompkinsville toe, Joe Bryant. This is Conversations with Oscar Combs. Joe, when you came to Kentucky, it doesn't seem that long ago, but it's 40-plus years. Oh, I know. We've uh, actually got our 40th year reunion this year. Uh, uh, the, the SEC championship or co-championship team and the Peach Bowl team. And so uh, I think it's the week of October 21st or 22nd, somewhere in there. All the guys are coming back in and and uh, Coach Kersey, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no, it's gone by really fast. <laughs> and as you get older, it gets a little faster. You know, that was a two-year period that we can go back, and it's nowhere has come close to that since then. Or actually, you have to go all the way back to 53. Yeah, Oscar, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm an eternal optimist when it comes to Kentucky football, and, and generally speaking, I get disappointed by the end of the year. I'm one of those that, uh, regardless, I'll be back. Uh, but I, I have to say about the team that I played on here at Kentucky, I, I, I haven't seen the kind of talent like we had, uh, and uh, I'll touch on this a little later if you want me to but I, I noticed my senior year when we had Art Steele and Derek Ramsey and and tough Ken, tough skin Stevens and and uh, Jerry Blanton players like that my uh, Kovacs oh yeah Saganas uh Dallas Owens uh I, I noticed my senior year it 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 occurred to me I looked at the recruits coming in and I said man I don't know if these guys can play in the SEC Going back to that, how much did probation hurt? Because 
probation came really literally as you were coming to UK. Do you remember what was it like when you came up here in 74, 75 and that 75 season, how it unfolded? Well, the, the 75 season was a nightmare. Uh, I being from a small town, you know, three signal lights. I'd, I'd never been around a program where we literally had detectives in the, the dressing room. And uh, it, it unnerved me a little bit because I just wasn't used to that. But I think probation really hurt. As a matter of fact, uh, Fran has told me uh, many times, he said, Joe, it just got almost impossible for me to get kids to come here. And basically that 76-77 team, the bulk of it came in Fran's second and third years here. Because you don't really get anybody the first year no, when you show up in January. No, no, no. He uh, – uh, he ended up getting Derek and 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 Art and uh, you know I I see that Coach Stoops today recruits Ohio. Well, fact of the matter is, I played Rod Stewart, who was highly recruited kid. Uh, he was from Columbus, Ohio, and Ohio State recruited him hard. Uh, but Fran got a little lucky. He got some players, Jerry Blanton and Jim Kovach, had both had had uh, knee injuries in high school their senior year, and he took a chance on them. And of course. The rest is history. They ended up playing uh, a nice long career in the NFL. And let's go back a little bit to uh, Tompkinsville High School down in western Kentucky, and uh, you played football there. D- did you dream of having a college career? Oh, I think every kid that plays uh, Kentucky high school football does. And, and I happen to be one of those. Most of the kids from my high school went to western. And uh, I happen to be one of those odd ones down there. Uh, my brothers and my family were big UK. I had three brothers. They all graduated from UK. And uh, I think we were talking to my family reunion, uh, last family reunion. We've got 27 degrees from the University of Kentucky, so we're blue through and through. Now, now, now tell me, what, what went through your mind? What drove you? to first go to Tennessee Tech? Well, <clears throat> this is the same story we've all got somewhere in our background, and and that was a girl. Oh, and okay. so anyway, Tech was about, uh, Cookville was about 59 miles, was 59 miles from where I grew up. And uh, she did that work out? Uh, no, not not too well. <laughs> let me, let me, this is one of those, those odd things. Um, we happened to play my first uh, first home game at Tennessee Tech. We happened to be playing South Dakota State, and they were ranked number one in what we used to call, what is it, one double A yes. or, or whatever the case may be. And uh, standing on the sidelines and a uh, kid standing next to me I was talking to, and, and on to my left was the coach, Don Wade. He had uh, – he had been the defensive coordinator at Clemson, and he came to, to Tennessee Tech as a head coach. And uh, I, I remember things never got off real well. First thing he told me was get a haircut. <laughs> and uh, anyway, uh, we got the ball to start the game and uh, went three and out and punted the ball. And South Dakota State had this kid that returned punts and could fly. And I'm standing there watching – and uh, uh, the kid catches the ball. He runs across, back and forth across the field about three times, and all of a sudden wheels and goes straight down the middle and, and scores. And, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting there watching the game, and uh, all of a sudden it didn't end there. He started doing backflips across the end zone. 
and uh, the the kid that I was playing with, he uh, that played with, he and I started laughing, and uh, Coach Wade didn't find that too too uh, funny. And we're still in the first quarter, and he said, uh, you guys think that's funny? He said, go in the dressing room and laugh about it. And he made us go in the dressing so room. So, what little Billy Clyde there on is justified. Oh, I, I, that's pretty close <laughs> to what it was. And so, anyway, uh, I went in the dressing room, and I said, oh, Lord. I said, I, this is not starting out well. And uh, that week, the week following that, they took me off the travel squad and, and the whole nine yards. And I Went and uh, talked to my mom, and I said, "Wait, well, no, wait a minute now. What did mom say when you did you tell her the whole story?" Or well, not part quite, of it? not quite. <laughs> it, you know, she didn't get a chance to see me play a whole lot of football, and uh, she did hear UK, but uh, I didn't quite tell her. I said, "This is just not working out too well," <laughs> and and so anyway, she gave me some good advice. She said, "I tell you what," said, "Where you want to go?" I said, "Well, I always want to go to Kentucky," and she said, "Okay." And, and, of course, I left out the part the girl broke up with me, too. Yeah. So, that ended that. So, anyway, uh, make a long story short, I uh, missed the date for enrollment at UK and uh, just transferred to Bowling, went to Bowling Green there at Western. It was close to home and uh, spent the rest of the, of the year there and enjoyed that. But my heart has always been UK. And uh, so... so- so you came up here in 75, and you redshirted. I, I, I did. Uh, I, I set out the first year, which is a good thing. I actually, uh, uh, you know, this is kind of newsworthy. Since we're talking about pneumonia, I actually got a real bad case of pneumonia, and uh, it worked out well. And uh, so Used to, they call that homesickness. Yeah, well, it could have been that, too, <laughs> being from a small town. So, anyway, uh, I... Uh, 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 redshirted or laid out a year, which and, was seventy five. Uh, which was seventy five. That was a good year to lay out. By yeah, the way. Let, let's talk about this, that just a little bit. It, you know, the season was pretty high. If memory serves me correctly, that was the final season of Sonny Collins. That that's correct. Who some will argue today best running back in the history yeah. of University oh, of Kentucky. Oh, we had great run. We had a, a good backfield. We had uh, Steve Compassi was back there great. with him. Great yeah, one. yeah, yeah, from Frankfurt and. Uh, had Sonny back there. We had a, a really good team in Dallas Owens played receiver yes. that year. And, and 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 everybody was high on that team before the season started. And then what happened? Well, I'm not 100% sure what happened. Uh, we were playing Auburn, and I remember uh, we were up 21 to nothing. And I, I, it, if I recall correctly, there were maybe a couple of minutes left in the game, and, and uh, Auburn, we were up 21 to nothing. Auburn scored, uh, kicked off to us, and the receiving guy, which I believe was either Steve or Sonny, uh, fumbled the ball. They got it back, uh, scored, and uh, that made it 21-14. And the next thing you know, on the kickoff, we do the same thing. We fumbled the ball. Uh, Auburn scores and ends up winning the ball game. And, uh, you know. It, a lot of bad rumors uh, around town it, about terrible allegedly rumors. point shaving. Point shaving. Uh, and then, of course. The murder. The, the the murder. And it just, nothing was good. It was, well, a, it was a terrible thing to have to go through as a student. As I remember, there were actually police detectives and policemen in the locker room after the Auburn game wanting to interview Sonny because somebody gave him his alibi, which turned out not to be true. That's true. That's true. And, uh, you know, uh, 
from that point on, the rest of the season, you had detectives in the locker room. Uh, you had rumors. Uh, seemed like the local paper really turned against the team and, and uh, what was thought to be a really good team. I mean, some people picked us to win the SEC. What was thought to be a, a great team turned into, if I recall correctly, a 2-8-1, two, 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 I believe eight, it was. Yeah, yeah. And and then how difficult was it in the offseason? Because next year was the beginning of the two years, and it seemed like right as, as the season started, that was more or less forgotten. How, how did you, as the players, able to turn that page? Well, you, you have to remember, we lost uh, uh, a lot of kids, Sonny Collins and Steve and, and, and a lot of those guys uh, graduated, and they weren't really around the program, and it left the nucleus of what what I think was a great bunch of talent. Uh, and uh, I remember we worked hard, hardest I've ever worked. Uh, they would, uh, uh, in, in the off-season workouts, I mean, we didn't have wrestling in my high school, but, but we did it in, in the off-season. I never, I remember I'd get, I'd get so tired I couldn't, I couldn't hardly stand it, but it was a, it was a good off-season. And going into that year, uh, you, you had the situation of some people coming back that hadn't played a whole lot but had earned their spurs, so to speak, and you got off to a pretty good start. Uh, yes, we did. Uh, uh, my first game, if I recall correctly, we played Oregon State. That is correct. And uh, we handled Oregon State pretty good. And then I had my first road trip with Kentucky, and, and we went out and played a really good Kansas team out in Lawrence. And it was literally boiling hot that day. Well, the kids, they I, if I recall, and I, you, you've corrected me on this, I can never remember if it was Kansas or Baylor, but they had band day, and yeah. I remember they had these wool uniforms. Kansas can be uh, pretty cold in the winter, and they had these wool uniforms, and it was really hot. And the next thing I know, these kids are just fainting. Yeah, falling and, it, and, it was, and this was before the game. I mean, that, they lined correct. up and they were just carrying them off the off the stadium. And if I remember right, I think that might have been artificial turf out there. It was. It was artificial turf. Kansas had some great players. They had Nolan Comra, uh, Cromwell, Cromwell, who uh, played in the NFL for the Rams, I believe. And uh, they had a kid – uh, interesting story here. They had a kid named Laverne Smith. Yes. And Laverne Smith was a world-class sprinter. And if I recall, he was on the Olympic 440 relay team. Uh, the year before, we had played Kansas in, in Lexington, and I saw the greatest play I ever saw in football, period. I saw our defensive tackle, Jerry Blanton, run Laverne Smith down from behind and to and to this day it's the greatest college play. It was bad for our team because he only ran about 75 yards <laughs> but he they tackled uh, Jerry ran him down from behind and tackled him on about the three yard line if I recall correctly and I, I just remember the stadium was, was kind of stunned. How did, this, how did this defensive tackle catch this world class sprinter but he did. So during that '76 season, y'all went on a run there against uh, West Virginia, Penn State, Mississippi State, and LSU. That was a, a four-game win streak that really set you up. Right during this period is when the NCAA Infractions Committee came out with the probation, 
And correct me if I'm wrong, but the deal was is you were supposed to have served it that year, the postseason ban, but the NCAA gave you like 90 days to appeal that decision. That, and right. so Fran was able to say, well, what we'll do, we'll wait a little bit later in the season. If we see we're going to be bowl eligible, we'll appeal it, which delays it to 77. Well, you know, that's a, uh, a funny thing is, uh, and you're correct in, in, in your memory is that uh, we had the opportunity to take that, that uh, probation in 76. Ironically, uh, maybe we cost ourselves a national championship. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? So, uh, but, but it had been since 1953 that you had been to a bowl. I mean – Basically, a quarter century. That's right. Bird of hands were two in the bush. Oh, that, that's right. And, of course, you got to remember, there weren't many bowls back then. No, no, no. Back then, you might have had seven or eight bowls. That, that's right. That's right. A uh, peach bowl would be top six right now. That's right. That's right. And and uh, uh was a great experience for a small-town Kentucky kid. We get down to play down to Atlanta and play in Atlanta Fulton County Stadium and uh, – you know, we've probably got 35,000 fans. And some of those fans that didn't show up had to turn around in Middle Tennessee because of an ice and snowstorm. That is correct. Uh, that particular year, one of the games that you and I like to talk about all the time, several of them, but this particular one, was a Mississippi State game that Kentucky lost 14-7. to But And you later got it back as a forfeit. But that particular day, great defensive battle. And uh, there was a uh, there was a fumble. Oh, I happen to be <laughs> I still have the picture. I happen to be standing next to Coach Kersey, and the fumble was in front of the the Kentucky uh, sideline. And it's a Mississippi State fumble. It was a Mississippi State fumble. We needed to score, and we would have won the game. And instead of picking the ball up, there I re, I remember this vividly. Instead of picking the ball up, uh, I think it was David Stevens, uh, there were four or five Kentucky players around him, no Mississippi State players to be found. And all he had to do was pick the ball up and run it in for a touchdown. We win the ball game. And uh, for whatever reason, he fell on the ball and was down, and we didn't score. And I remember Fran taking his hat. He was good at throwing that hat. He had <laughs> Steve Spurrier had nothing on him. Anyway, Fran pulled his hat off and threw it down, screaming, "Pick it up and run! Pick it up and run!" But uh, that was that was an interesting game. Ironically, we played played that game in Memorial Stadium in Jackson, and uh, they probably don't do this anymore. But it was a double header. The next game was Alabama Ole Miss. So. Uh, what was an interesting trip. I, it's funny that I can remember this stuff 40 years later, but I remember the name of the hotel we stayed in, so that that's kind of funny. The uh, the end of that season, you, you lost a couple games back-to-back, uh, -back, Georgia and Maryland. Jerry Claiborne. Jerry Claiborne, that's right. Uh, but you, then you had to come back because now you were, you know, you, you need to get a couple wins. You uh, end up being Vanderbilt, and then you beat uh, – a Florida team wasn't very good, to be honest. And then you were 6-4, and four, as was Tennessee. Final game, Peach Bowl people announced in Atlanta on the money of the game they're going to award a bid to the winning team. Turned out to be Bill Battle's final game as coach at 
Tennessee. Oh, I remember. Uh, just wait till next year. Wait till next year. We were playing in Nayland Stadium, and and uh, if you recall, uh, Oscar, uh, Governor Chandler traveled with us and went to all the games, and and uh, I remember a play. Uh, score was zip zip, and there was a little screen type pass to uh, Greg Woods. And the ball was tipped by, by a defender. That's correct. The ball yeah. was tipped by a Tennessee player. I'll tell you a little story about that. Ball was tipped by a Tennessee player, and Greg caught it, and he took it. And I don't recall how far it was. Maybe, I think it's about midfield. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was about fifty, forty-five yard line somewhere in there. He took the ball all the way in the end zone. And I looked around to to say something to Governor Chandler, and he was standing down by the end zone by Greg. <laughs> so, you know, he kind of matched him stride for stride there. Uh, ironically, that tip, uh, and I can't recall his name now, but uh, uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes uh, do great things here in, in central Kentucky. Uh, one of their representatives who had been president of FCA uh, was in town about three or four years ago, and uh, – I, I he wanted to know if we I wanted to have lunch and a bunch of us went to lunch with him, and I said you know football everybody thinks it's really big but it's not really that big a world I said somewhere you've been a, a coach he had been coach at uh, at uh, a lot of different universities including the University of Tennessee, and I said you know I can't believe our path didn't cross somewhere. I said, "Where were you in 1976?" He said, "I was defensive coordinator, or said I was defensive backs coach at UT." And I said, "I knew that had he." I said, "You remember that pass?" He said, "We tipped the ball." And I said, "Yeah, I remember that." So, interesting. Actually, would have been an incomplete pass yeah, that, if he hadn't tipped it. That's right. And that day, I think you could have played eight quarters. Nobody else would have scored. No, I don't think so. No, I remember John Pierce missed a field goal. That was mm -hmm. their other opportunity. And uh, so you go on to the Peach Bowl. Uh, you win that, and I don't think I've seen anything around Kentucky like that in my life. I'm too young to remember the late 40s teams, but I think the final bowl game was 52 or 53 before that, and suddenly Kentucky football had arrived. Yeah, North Carolina, we played, we played the Tar Heels. North Carolina had a great running back, and I don't recall his name. Uh, but they basically shut him down. Uh, Mike Martin was the defensive player of the game. Rod Stewart was the offensive player of the game. And uh, we basically, in that 76 season, set ourselves up to be really good in 1977. Well, it even looked like as the season wore on in 77, you had some some injuries, and you had people come in nobody had ever heard of, and boy, they didn't miss a beat. No, not not a not a not one beat. Well, at at the time that you beaten the um, North Carolina Peach Bowl, did you did you get a sense of the older fans around here like finally the curse is lifted? Oh yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... It was unbelievable. And, again, I go back to I'm a small-town Kentucky guy who tells his wife all the time, I've lived the Kentucky boys' dream. Uh, but uh, there was so much expected for that 77 team. Ironically, uh, we beat North Carolina in the Peach Bowl. Guess who we opened, opened up, up with against them. in 77? And that was a real struggle. Yeah, it was. It was. It was tough to put points on the board. Uh, we were in, I believe, the first quarter – and uh, we get the ball down to about the 20-yard line or so. 
and end up and I go out and kick a field goal, and the score was was three zip. Was that uh, one that bounced on the goalpost and then fell over? <laughs> no. <that one. laughs> had, I had one of those that bounced on the goalpost. It would have been an SEC record, but it bounced the wrong way. <laughs> anyway, uh, the score stayed 3-0 three, three for a long time. And uh, finally, North Carolina uh, scored. Uh, we're down 7-3, to three, and if I recall correctly, uh, uh we punted to North Carolina, and they had a kid, I believe his name was Mel Carter, who was the receiver, and he fumbled the punt. So we, we've got a – the cat has nine lives. We've got another life here. Uh, and we go down, and it gets fourth down. And I can recall vividly, uh, Derek Ramsey was a pass play. And, you know, Derek wasn't known for his passing. As a matter of fact, Fran used to say he perfected the end-over-end pass. But anyway, uh, if I recall correctly, Derek scrambled and he hit Chris Hill for first down. And we ended up uh, scoring and winning the game 10-7. Now, I, I wasn't. I was pretty young then, too, but I was ready to drink the Kool-Aid after 76, and you won the game. <laughs> and then I got to look at the 77 schedule, and after North Carolina, I thought, you know, this could really be magic. I mean, I, I was drinking about a gallon jugs. There were no more 10-ounce oh, yeah. jars. Yeah, yeah. And we go to Waco, Texas. Oh. And, well, I'll let you tell Well, I, we, we went down to Waco. I, I'm, I'm telling you, nothing seemed to go right. Uh, everything that that we tried, and of course Baylor had a good team. They had uh, was Mike well, Singletary on that team. Yes, and they were they were preseason highly ranked. They didn't end up that way. Yeah, but yeah. they were highly ranked preseason. Yeah, Baylor had a good team. Another scorching day on on AstroTurf, and uh, we just couldn't seem to do anything. I got called in to kick a field goal. Was a short. Was a give me. Uh, maybe 35 yards or something like that, and shanked it. And then I recall we fumbled a couple of times when we were about ready to score and, and are actually deep in Baylor territory, and they recovered and ended up scoring. And it just, you know, I think in life we all have those times where nothing seems to work. I, I know leaving the stadium that day, I was thinking, this team might not win three more games this year. Oh, the schedule, we traveled all the time. And 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 to go back to that point in time, because I, I had flown into Dallas and had a rental car and drove, I guess it was 70, 80 miles to, to Waco. And driving back like that, I thought, wow. And this was the second year I was in Lexington with a yeah, cash box. Yeah. So I could see me loading a lot of money on a business venture wasn't going to work. <laughs> Little did we know there would not be another loss the rest of the year. Oh, no. Well, I, I, I tell people, I, the, and there aren't many people that can say this, I never lost to Penn State. I never lost to North Carolina. I never lost to Florida, LSU, Georgia, Tennessee. Uh, actually, I did lose to Georgia my junior year. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, we, we won in places like the Swamp and in Happy Valley. Yeah, places like that that most people don't get a chance to say, hey, I never lost to Joe Paterno. Well, in, uh, in Florida, they were a bit down then, but Penn State was top ten. Oh, yeah. I yeah. think they were fifth one year and maybe sixth or seventh the yeah. other year that you, you know, beat them. Oscar, I, I want to say Penn State may have been ranked second when we played them. I know the, the second time you beat them, 
uh, it wasn't the best of conditions up in Happy Valley. It did, raining. Uh, oh, did a little bit of everything. I don't believe I've ever lived through that. I think the sunshine, I think we got a little snow, I think it rained a little bit. We had a little lightning and thunder and that type thing. And it's just strange. And everybody thought, hey, they'll never beat Penn State in Happy Valley. They sneaked up on them last year. But it won't happen this year. Oh, and yeah, if you recall, uh, Penn State jumped out on us pretty good. Uh, but I, I, I want to say this. Uh, people ask me occasionally, they'll say, who's the best coach ever, the smartest coach you were ever around? Lo and behold, I even thought it then, John Cooper was probably one of the smartest coaches I ever, I ever played for. And uh, they made some changes. Uh, and we got a little lucky. Dallas Owens intercepted a pass. Uh, was that Jimmy Cephalo was a quarterback? That is correct. Yeah, yes. uh, Jimmy Cephalo threw a pass, and Dallas played it perfect. It was something that we had, had seen on film. He played it perfect. He intercepted it, ran it in for a touchdown, and lo and behold, our defense clamped down. And when Art Steele and our defense clamped down, it was going to be tough for Penn State to win. During your era here, I don't think I'd ever enjoyed seeing back-to-back games like in the 77 season, first to Baton Rouge and then to Athens, Georgia. Maybe the the best road trip any Kentucky team's ever had as far as back-to-back wins. Uh, ironically, we played LSU, and it was their homecoming. And and a, a Louisiana State trooper standing next to me on the sidelines, and and uh, we got up pretty good on LSU, and 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 the stadium pretty much emptied before halftime. And this Louisiana trooper looked at me, and he said, "Y'all got a pretty good team." <laughs> there were two things I remember about that game because that was the first time I'd ever been to Baton Rouge, and there is no football venue in the nation to compete with them when it's played at night. You smell that Mississippi, Louisiana moss coming up off the river. That's right. Uh, And uh, before the game, I thought, well, I'm going to walk the sideline and watch the kickoff and go up to the press box. So I'm down there, and they come out the locker room, and you're getting ready to go out on the field. And I'm standing, oh, I guess probably about midfield. And behind me is a big cage. With Mike the Tiger oh, in it. I knew what you were going to say. <laughs> and I'm standing right beside Art Steele. And these cheerleaders come along, and they're carrying what appears to be baseball bats, just big sticks. And they just kind of start rattling that thing. And this Tiger went, <laughs> Art Steele turned around and looked at it. I've never seen an expression <laughs> like that in my life. And after the game, I said, Art, what happened there for the game? He said, let me tell you something. said, that guy across the line me didn't get near me the first day. He said, I had to change paints at half time. Oh, I can see that. Oh, And then and then uh, you talk about being a field goal kicker. What happened to – I think the kid's name, when he won the your, your premiums? Uh, I believe that's correct. Uh, he actually ended up making all SEC first team, and yeah. I just couldn't believe that. But he uh, – uh, he got ready to line up for a field goal, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people have heard this story, but the field goal was blocked, and Art picked it up. And this kid couldn't have been but about 5'7", something like that. If five, that. If that, and he probably weighed 130 pounds. 
and it's the strangest thing you've ever seen. Our Steele's got the ball running for a touchdown, and this kid's chasing him. And you and, and somebody said, "What's he going to do if he catches him?" <laughs> so uh, we emptied the stadium pretty early in that game. And uh, I will say this about LSU and the stadium and their field. You're correct; it's a great venue prettiest field i ever played on if you recall they marked everything off every five yards every five yards yeah, to a 10 yeah, yeah 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 and it was a beautiful venue and even to this day they do something none of the other schools do they give their visitors like 250 tickets at the 50 yard line yeah 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 it's uh if you recall at commonwealth stadium we put them in the corner right like everybody, everybody else, else except yeah, everybody them. else yeah yeah, yeah. So, and then from LSU, uh, we had another away game. Came back to Lexington after, from Baton Rouge, went through the week, practiced, practice went great. And uh, went down to uh, Athens. And nicest people, uh, they were nice to the players. They had a little gift bag that the Chamber of Commerce gave all the players and everything. I thought that's, that's pretty classy. Uh, and Georgia had a good team. Uh, uh, and ironically, and I, I'll tell you a little bit about the game, but we, we their defense just clamped down on Georgia. And, and once again, they had had us scheduled as homecoming and changed it, if I'm if I recall correctly. And anyway, they they changed it, and we we put the the clamps on Georgia pretty good. I, at at halftime, the score was something like seventeen to nothing or fourteen to nothing, but. I was sitting next to the late, great Furman Bisher, probably one of the greatest writers of all time. And I'm sitting there, and I'm 32 years old, and he's about 50. And he turned to me, he said, Son, said you have just seen Georgia's football team get the worst AWS kicking that I've ever seen in a half in my life. And that scoreboard is lying. Well, uh, it, the, the game I remember uh, – I always tried to get us on the board first. And I can go back to that Baylor game where I missed that field goal and everything seemed to go wrong after that. Uh, we uh, Coach Kersey asked me, he said, uh, that's, that's 53 yards can or 51 yards, can you make that? And I said, yeah, I can make that. Uh, didn't really know if I could or not. <laughs> you wouldn't want to pass up the opportunity. I pass the opportunity up. And so – uh, went out and uh, kicked 51-yard field goal later in the game. Uh, had another 51-yard field goal that I, that I kicked. But uh, we had a lot of substitutes in at the at the end of the game. So it was uh, we and I, I have had the opportunity in years uh, in the years after that to see uh, to speak to Coach Vince Dooley. I saw him at an SEC basketball tournament and talked to him, introduced myself, and he said, Joe, that might have been the best Southeastern Conference team I ever witnessed. I think it certainly was from the defensive point of view. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were really, really good. You, 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 your season started winding down, and you end up finishing the season with uh, Virginia Tech, Vandy, Florida. And by the time you got to Vandy, you started having people beat up. You started oh, dropping like flies. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what's so important about college football. You've got to have depth. Uh, remember, Saganis got hurt. Jerry Blanton was hurt. Uh, everybody was banged up a little bit. You don't go through an SEC schedule without having people get hurt. And uh, we went down Vanderbilt once again. Uh, you know, bad things happen. We score a touchdown. I go out and kick an extra point, and I miss the extra point. 
and you just don't do that. That's uh, that's a real no-no. And uh, but nevertheless, uh, we we beat Vanderbilt. Uh, we had uh, beaten Florida. They had a uh, All-American receiver, Wes. Uh, and I don't Chandler. Wes Chandler. That's right. And a highlight of my college football career for a kicker, I kicked off down at Florida, and he returned it and was about to get away from us, and I, I ended up making the tackle on it, and I could hardly walk to the sidelines. <laughs> Charlie Bailey, who later coached at, at Memphis and at UTEP, he, he patted me on the back, and I was still hurting. I remember <laughs> that. So, anyway, but we ended up uh, – Going uh, our road games, and it's tough to tell people you played L. You played Penn State, LSU, Georgia, Georgia Florida, on the road, Kansas, Kansas. Baylor. Oh, you, you. It's uh, Maryland. Uh, I remember the Maryland game my junior year was on CBS TV, if I recall. And uh, but we had traveled a lot. We did. I don't remember how many home games we had. Well, you finally got around to the season finale, and of course that's Tennessee. You'd beaten them the year before. They've now got a new head coach. After the the 76 game, they handed you all the invitation, and the AD at Tennessee handed Bill Battle his walking papers. That's that's pretty much it. They brought Johnny Majors And they brought in. Johnny home. That's right. And, and by the time he came up here, the, you were sort of – or the fans and everybody was playing, sort of like playing not to lose because you just had so many people hurt. Well, uh, Jerry Blanton, I remember, played with a – he played defensive tackle with a brace on his, his right leg, uh, which is pretty tough to move around when you're doing, when you're doing that. But, yeah, we – from the uh, – after making that LSU and Georgia – uh, sweep. Uh, we were starting to get a little banged up, and then of course played Vanderbilt, and we were were pretty much hurt, and not a lot of improvement at that Tennessee game. And it was it was a different kind of game. Tennessee had a quarterback by the name of Jerry Streeter or Jimmy Streeter, and uh, he was a mobile type quarterback. And uh, finally, the defense shut Tennessee down like they had so many times. And uh, we ended up winning the game. And I remember after the game, I thought, you know, Joe Bryant, you're probably not going to play football again. And so uh, we I remember people swarmed the field. Well, now, the, the, if memory serves me, Craig, when the last drive, it was next to the last driving in Kentucky was down. And you were backed up inside the 10, and Kersey brought in a freshman to make one pass the midfield. Oh. Didn't think they had the time to move it 90 yards Mike, down. Oh, Mike Deaton saved the day. There's no doubt about it. Now, speaking of people being injured, uh, uh, Derek Ramsey had a separated shoulder and was playing with it. And everybody in the stadium knew he couldn't pass the ball. So they bring in Mike. And I had played against Mike in high school and, and knew him a little bit from the recruiting that Coach Kersey did. And uh, uh, he comes in and he throws a pass down the uh, – as a matter of fact, we put Tennessee on the cold side of the stadium. Fran was good for that. Yeah, he was good for that. And uh, we put Tennessee on the cold side of the stadium and uh, we were where the visitors usually are, and Deaton went back for a pass, and he threw it over toward our sidelines, which today would be the visitor sideline. And uh, I, if if I, my memory serves me, Felix Wilson caught that pass. Uh, we scored a first. Uh, we scored a touchdown, and, and held play off. was over. Yeah, and and held off. That's correct. 
what was it like? I mean, I know what it was like out there on the field, but when you guys got in the locker room, and that was a heavily dominated senior club that year, what oh. was it like among the seniors having reached the very pinnacle of Kentucky football and then particularly the one – I mean, you had a great crew that went on in the pros, but the ones who didn't go in the pros – Realizing, you know, this is the last time I'm going to take these pads oh, off. Don't think I didn't shed a tear, you know. Uh, but I'll tell you how great it was. You and I, forty something years later, are sitting here talking about it. And uh, you know, throughout throughout my life, and I have lived in Central Kentucky since. I mean, I'm from small town, and I'm sitting here thinking, why in the world would I leave Lexington, Kentucky? This is the greatest place I've ever been. So, so you run for the mayor next time? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's been a great deal. I had uh, uh, the uh, honor of being inducted into my high school athletic hall of fame, ironically, uh, on September the 18th, which was my 60th birthday, uh, just last year. And, uh, I, I had that honor. And I remember when they introduced me, uh, they said, uh, Joe Bryant known affectionately by Kaywood Ledford as the Tompkinsville <laughs> toad. So it was, yeah. it, it, it's been an, it's been a real honor. Uh, let me throw a few names out at you here. Just. What comes to mind when I mention uh, John Morelovich? Uh, he, he tough, real tough. He, uh, I remember <laughs> a little story about Coach Morelovich. We were we had beaten somebody pretty bad, and it was kind of a tradition that you give your chin straps to the kids as you went in uh, to the dressing room, and and uh, he. Uh, I gave my I, my chin strap to this kid, and and uh, I felt this slap on the back of my helmet. And it was Marilovich. He said, "You think those go, grow on trees?" <laughs> <laughs> he was tough. The the guys that that uh, he coached loved him. Perry Miles, uh, brilliant guy. Uh, Perry actually uh, was the offensive coordinator, and uh, most people don't know this, but Perry had been the guy that recruited all of the, the kids at Marshall that died in the plane crash. And Perry had been let go the, uh, the year of that. And, uh, but brilliant, a brilliant mind, offensive mind, uh, uh, happened. Couldn't sleep one night. This has been several years ago. Couldn't sleep one night, turned the TV on to see what was on. And it was about 2 AM and there was arena football. Guess who the coach was? Perry Moss. Um, Buckshot Underwood. Uh, one of the – was a father to me. Uh, Buck, uh, you know, he was one of those guys strict. You, you think, here I am playing SEC football, and you go to – he was also equipment manager. He had, he had uh, coached under Coach Bryant here at U.K., and I uh, went to him. I said, uh, Buck, I said, I need some new shoes. And he said, you don't need any new shoes. You're Where you're from, you're lucky to have the ones you got. <laughs> and so, uh, had, fortunate, I had Buck uh, come speak to my high school athletic banquet my senior year. And I said, uh, Coach Underwood, I said, now, you have to watch your language a little bit. 
and I never forget he got up there and and uh, he said where I come from the further up the holler you get the meaner people are and he said guess what I lived at the end of the holler <laughs> just a little bit about your relationship with friend Kersey both during the recruiting process the time here and the time since uh Fran's been really good to me um, I got in the investment business and got a call from, of all things, one of the banks down in Hazard, and they wanted to do business with me, and that didn't, that just wasn't happenstance. Somebody took care of that for me, and uh, but but Fran's been close to all of us. Uh, we usually try to get together at least once a year. Most of the guys get together with him more. It's just a little tougher on me to do that with my job, and uh, but. Uh, Fran, I got an email from him the other day, and it was actually a, a, a group email, and it was talking about the greatest football players, college football players of all time, and he was talking about the team, the 77 team. Charlie Bailey. Uh, brilliant defensive guy. Don't think I've ever seen players love a guy like they love Charlie Bailey. He was one of those guys – uh, and, and fortunately for him, he had the talent. I mean, the the, the guys he had on the def- defensive side of the ball were really talented players, but those guys just loved him. Mike Martin, uh, he thought he was his father. Uh, and then, of course, Charlie went on, became head coach down at Memphis, and then, then went to UTEP. And uh, I, I, I've, I've got to say this about all the coaches I had here. If you look at what they – followed up and did uh, john cooper at ohio state uh coach bailey i mean we had great coaches uh and I, and sometimes i wonder if we're doing the right thing by getting an assistant coach instead of somebody who's been a head coach before frank downing uh dr downing yes yeah and you can explain <laughs> yeah, who he yeah, is because yeah, yeah. most people won't know <laughs> well uh, he actually started the Cats program. That here. is correct. And, uh, and I, I thought, I'm told that he heard you were coming to school and they needed one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was actually the first graduate of the Cats program <laughs> at UK. And uh, uh, Dr. Downing uh, was actually my first co-chair, and he coached special – or actually the kickers and the punters and that type thing. And uh, he left – my senior year or between my junior and senior year and he went to Penn State. He was on the coaching squad of that, that Penn State well, pro- program you, that we beat. You know you know how he wound up there? No, I actually don't. Actually it, it started when Penn State came down here and played down here in seventy six and Doctor Downing was able to make contact with uh Joe Paterno, and he brought him over and told him what he was doing here with academics, and he needed that at Penn State. Well, I remember before the game, (laughs) Fran told us in the dressing room, he said, now I'm going to tell you, and you guys be cognizant of this, says Dr. Downing has given them our entire playbook. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he hadn't done that, uh, but the guys played with a little bit of an edge. Who knows what gets you over the edge, but that – uh, I, I recall that vividly. Let's turn to the presence. Uh, as you said, you born and raised in this state and played here, and 60 years old, been 40 years since then. You've seen the trajectory of the program from throughout. 
Where do you see it standing today, and what do you hope to see in the future? Well, you know, I'm, I'm always an optimistic type. Uh, but i got to tell you, you know, we, the team I played on here at Kentucky, I, I, I see quite a, quite a few similarities between it. Here's what I think I see most similar. Talent. Uh, you know, with the exception of, of Rich Brooks, uh, who had experience, uh, w- with that exception, we really haven't had a lot of talent since I played. Oh, you've had uh, – obviously you've had Tim Couch and you've had kids come through here individually, but I'm talking as a team. And based on recruiting, based si- simply on recruiting, uh, I see a lot of similarities. This team's got size. Uh, we had size. This team's got speed. We had speed. Uh, and I think if they ever learn to win, you'll see big change in Kentucky football. When you played here, you played 11-game schedules. Before you, it were 10 games. Yeah. Then it went up to 12. But you also played six league games and five non-conference games. Back then, your non-conference games were tough. They weren't no cupcakes. Oh, we didn't play – uh, you know, we didn't play Austin P and and a lot of teams like that. Man, I had uh, coach. I was on Coach Joe B Hall show when he had it here, and and the first thing he said when he introduced me, he said, uh, he said, man, look at this schedule. And I don't think people today realize what a tough schedule it was. And uh, the NCAA used to rate those schedules. We had. Uh, the number two toughest schedule in the nation. You just didn't get a week off. Nowadays, you've got the 12-game schedule, but you pay, play eight league games in Louisville. It's, they need a little bit of a break. Of course, we didn't have an off week back when I played. Uh, they do at least get the, get the off week. Uh, but eight, league, eight SEC league games is a killer, just a killer. Uh, what do you hope to see? I mean, five years from today, they put a lot of money into the stadium. Uh, unfortunately, right now they've, you know, since you played here, since your two years here, uh, they've not had many winning seasons in in the league. No, uh, matter of fact, I I don't remember. We go a few years back to an SEC road win, uh, but uh, what do I expect to see? Obviously, I want to see Kentucky win. This is this is my program. Uh, I do think the university has changed its its attitude toward football a little bit. Uh, you know, not to not to pin Kentucky's record over the last several years on on athletic directors, but having a former basketball player as an athletic director was uh, didn't actually help Kentucky football. And with Mitch Barnhart in there now, I think he truly does want, want to put out a winner. And this fan base is starving to win. Uh, what, do you, what, what do you think about your reunion you come up? This seems to be more, more hype to it than your previous reunions. And- well, we've had a, we started having those annually. Uh, this is the university has is, is, uh, got some things arranged for us this time. Uh, and it is the the 40th reunion of the Peach Bowl, 
And so, uh, unfortunately, we've lost some of the players. Uh, Mike Saganis and Dallas Owens come to mind. Uh, but this year, I think you're going to see uh, – I think we'll see the university really trying and show the guys a good time. I'm looking forward to it because I've never toured a lot of the new facilities. And uh, I did drive by those that practice field, and I said – my, oh, my, what I would have given for that <laughs> back when I played. One last question. Uh, your lowest moment while being a Wildcat and your highest moment. Oh, that that's easy. Missing that field goal down at Baylor. Uh, you didn't just miss field goal and lose a game, but the flight back. You didn't hear anybody say anything on that plane. It was quiet. And I didn't want to experience that again. Uh, the the highest has to be, uh, for me personally, it was the Georgia game, kicking two 51-yard field goals and then tying the school record against Virginia Tech. Those were probably the highs. Uh, as a team, the Penn State win. I mean, they didn't know how to handle just getting Are you talking about the one in Happy Valley? The one in Happy Valley, yeah. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Oscar. Appreciate it.